Welcome to Forgiven, a podcast to help inspire and empower Christians to live a more authentic life. In today's episode, we discuss how do you respond as a Christian to the calling God has placed on your life. Well, hello everyone and welcome to Forgiven Podcast. We are glad that you're here. We're kind of well on our way. We've done a number of podcasts right now and uh, we're kind of excited to be able to do it because we're just finding a new avenue um, how to start conversations, which I believe are important. We don't get a chance to do it on Sunday. No, nope. you know Sundays. Sundays uh, we we kind of gather together and we're we're busy trying to get a message and and a song service and and things like that together. But there's so many more things that that we we can be talking to and and so the idea of the podcast for those of you who might be joining us for the first time is that um, we want to be instrumental in in pushing you forward slowly in your faith. And so it doesn't matter whether you have been a Christian or a believer, a passionate follower of Jesus for a number of years, and you would say that you are at like a 75. And and uh, what we want to do is just be able to create conversation and uh, and just trust that God will push us on to 76, 77. You know, I guess 100 is when you get to heaven. Okay, well, let's just say that. <laughs> yeah, sure. Right? And, we'll and I don't I don't know what that point is when you when you say that, you know, I've just I've decided to give Jesus everything. That point where you actually say, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow Jesus. I don't know whether that's zero or one or whatever. I I don't know what number you have. That's basically what I'm saying. Um, but what our idea is is not to take you from, you know, ten to ninety in one podcast. It doesn't happen that way. But if we can kind of push you on to eleven or twelve and, and make you ask questions at a deeper level. And just be authentic about it. It's kind of the idea of what we're wanting to do. And so, so we've done a number of different podcasts. And today, what we're wanting to talk about is the thing which is called the call. Now, um, for those of you who are unfamiliar with the call, uh, it is it is that essence, or it is that time, or that moment uh, where God speaks to your heart in terms of your direction. Now, growing up uh, as a young Christian, and I I became a Christian in my my teens. Um, in a Pentecostal church, the call was always referenced to um, a person who was called into full-time ministry, however that looked, you know, and so that was that was kind of the goal in the services, that we get enough people mm-hmm. that are called so that we can get as many people who are teaching and discipling people for Jesus. And was that was that the case for you? Looking at you, you yes and no. Uh, I think when I was just because, like, yes, but I think as I matured a little bit, I recognized that in my own life, this is not the only call that one can have yeah. into pastoral ministry. So yeah, it was taught to me, but I recognized that no, their call is more than just pastoral ministry. There is yeah an infinite number of calls that a yeah. person could have. I think that's always been the case. But I think that that as a church, we have come to realize that God works in so many different ways and calls us. I think particularly, you know, if you get called into government work, if you get called into, I think there's such such a a lull in leadership in terms of our government, and and we want to have a good person who's a good leader. But if if we're not, if the person's not called to it, sometimes it's a, it's an, it's one of those interesting things where where there's so many areas that you may not think that a person is called to it, and they are. Yeah. And so let's talk about that. These, this, this is uh, an important conversation. And we have a great guest uh, with us today. And I don't know if, if people would, would know. There's a lot of newer people in the church, and maybe you're not even from the church and you're listening to them. But we have uh, Christian Miller, and uh, we're excited to have you because you're not here often. 
And so nope. when we knew you were coming, we said, "Hey, let's let's get Christian on, absolutely, pick his brain, and and talk about some things which are important." And yeah. so we're wanting to talk about the call because you have dedicated your life. You've dedicated your life in a way that um, <laughs> people get people get like a have to sponsor you. Yes. So it's it's, yeah. it's like you have put yourself out there in a way where where you have to uh, trust in other people to help support you so that you can do full-time work that you you do. Yeah, So absolutely. I'm going to allow you to, to open it up. But we wanted to talk about the call. And, and Logan, you kind of, as we were we were discussing this before, you're talking about just the different essences of the call. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'll let you kind of take, take so it on from there. Just to clarify, too, for, the, for those listening, when we say the call, I mean, it kind of breaks down into, like, two things. If you are a Christian and you, you know, accept Jesus into your life, we are all called, like in Matthew 28, to go and make disciples of all nations, to help people find and follow Jesus. So no matter what step you are, if you're at level one or you're at level 99, that call never changes. Right. That is ultimately what we are here to do. Yeah. Now, how you go about acting on that call is, por- is probably mostly what we're going to talk about today, right? I, I got called into pastoral ministry. Pastor Mike is the same thing. We act out that call through the care of like bringing people in and, and, and caring for them and, and doing t- podcasts and all these types of things. Yeah. But our friend Christian here, the way that he acts out his call is, is different than what you, know, you or I hmm. might do. So we just wanted to, right off the top, clarify that everybody is called ultimately to the same thing. It's just how you go about acting on it and doing it that's a little bit different. So like being a government leader, right? Even if you're the prime minister of Canada and you're a Christian, your ultimate goal is still to bring people to Christ. Yeah. yeah. Right? You just go about doing it a different way. And so Pastor Mike and I, we're, we're on the podcast all the time, so you've heard a lot about what we do and how we act out on that call. But we decided, let's hear from Christian, who has like a very unique and powerful ministry that he gets to do um, yeah, and, and in that. And as we were discussing this, we, we kind of wanted to show uh, what the call is like, you know, through the lens of the, that you, you kind of described it as the five W's. Yes. The who, the what, the where, the when, the why. why. So now there's, we're not going to uh, assume that everybody knows who you are. Yeah. So you're going to have to do a bit of an intro, intro for yourself. Yeah. And, uh, who are you? Yeah. No worries. No worries. Okay. I can do that. So, uh, yeah, as... Uh, Mike and Logan both said, I can call you just Mike candidly. You certainly can. Not? Okay. Yes, you. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. The right honorable Reverend <laughs> Mike Pastor. is what I prefer to be Reverend <laughs> Pastor Michael Gordon. There you go. Um, yeah, no, so. I'll take your highness. No, your highness, no. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> no, um, yeah, so. As you guys said, my name is Christian or Christian, whatever's easiest. Um, most people will make the joke, oh, you're Christian the Christian. They'll, they'll, I'll give them a little little pity chuckle just because. Um, but if anyone makes that joke, I've heard it over 100 times. So, okay. Over 100 uh, times today. Over 100 <laughs> times today alone. No, it's a note to self. He's like, I won't go. Um, but yeah, no, I born and raised uh, here in Brandon. Uh, I love my parents, Dennis and Gail. They uh, go to Bethel and the youngest of a large family, seven of us total. Um, and so, yeah, I joined uh, YYM back in 2016, where I initially 
did my discipleship training school uh, and I went to Australia and that's where I did uh, some lecture phase. And then I went and I did an outreach to Asia. And in that phase is when I was asking the Lord about like, okay, what's, what's happening with life? What am I doing? Where am I going? Um, and I think based off of just previous experience and then also, and this is, this is kind of like just getting already into like the call of where things went. Cause I think as the years have gone on, I have gained like more and more understanding of like, okay, Lord, what have you called me to? And him reminding me of things when I was younger, I was like, oh, I forgot you gave me that word. I forgot that was spoken over me. I forgot about this. And then it's been coming into view as time has gone on, which has been very interesting. Um, but I, I initially joined YWAM and it was really wanting to step out and fulfill the Great Commission. As, as you said, Matthew 28, I was like, yeah, no, this is the way that I am understanding how to do it. Like going and just doing day-to-day life, it, for some reason, it just didn't fit into the box. I remember reading of like, Paul and the apostles and how they would go out and what they would do. And my child brain would see it and be like, I don't know of any other way to live this out other than just to go and do essentially what they did. Like it just wasn't. And so as time has gone on, I've kind of gained more perspective and understanding of that because I realize that that can be a little bit uh, misconstrued and people can kind of like take it off into interesting directions. But it was really just a very basic, simple place of like, I don't know how else to do this other than just to go. Nice. And and then through that, then I was like, Lord, is there somewhere specific that you want me to go? And never feeling um, like he was bringing a specific location to my heart or okay. b- bringing it to me. And so I... You, you mentioned something which, which I find interesting, and I, I agree co- totally with you. You kind of, you kind of implied anyways that the, the calling kind of develops mm-hmm. in you. Yeah. You know, the... It, it, Sometimes God doesn't give us all the pieces at the start, but as we as we serve Him, all of a sudden things become a little bit more apparent. Do you remember a time specifically when perhaps you felt God tapping tapping you on the shoulder of like the call of like yeah you're called the call? To this all of a sudden thing. you said, "I think that God is I think God is wanting to do something." Right, like even before you went to YWAM, what was the like? I think that's what you're asking, right? What was the initial point of like yeah. you knew you wanted to reach out and, mm. and and travel and go to YWAM and stuff? Yeah, before I even did that, I mean, I had attended uh, Circle Square Ranch uh, out in Austin for many years prior to, and I remember being involved with that and and that ministry and leading individuals to the Lord, and I remember being so drawn to that aspect of it, but then also the community and just being with people and doing life. And so that was um, really foundational and kind of put me on like, oh, I can see myself doing this on a much like bigger scale than currently. Um, but I mean, as, as the years have gone on, I can remember, I remember being like, a, I think I was probably five or six years old and I was actually out front. I think it was maybe a Sunday night service. And uh, I think there is a prophetic ministry and whatnot that was happening. And I completely forgot about this only yeah. until like a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And then the Lord brought it up and I was like, Oh my goodness, what yeah. is this? And I, I remember this uh, preacher, he came and he spoke over me and he just prophesied like, Oh, I see just so many waves of mercy and, and like you going and doing this. I forgot about this word. And if anything, I think it was, 
Derek Boyce, and he hmm. overheard it. And my mom came up and he reiterated because I think at the time he was doing like some kids ministry stuff or yeah. he was involved with some things happening. Maybe I'm mixing up my timelines, but sure. he uh, he had come up and he basically reiterated this to my mother. And she was like, oh, OK, there you go. And I completely forgot about that. And later on, um, I was kind of just thinking about like, Lord, like, what have you called me to and whatnot? And I remembered this word. And for anyone who's familiar with YWAM as a whole, um, the initial vision that the founder, Lauren Cunningham, received was he was um, sitting there and he saw waves upon waves of young people crashing onto like the shores of the nations. And immediately that connection of like waves of mercy and mercy is one of the main ministries that we do. We do mercy ministry training and evangelism. And it was just like this call of like so much mercy ministry and and like waves. And so it was just very like it clicked for me in that moment. And I was like, oh, my goodness, Lord, like you are calling me into this right now. Like from a young age, you spoke that over me. And so realizing that call of like mercy ministry as a whole, whether it's it's within why, whether it's outside of that, but the the development that I didn't see for so long. And then yeah. all of a sudden it just kind of interesting happened one day. How the pieces are, are put together sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I, I think of um, the importance of children's ministries and yeah. times where God speaks to us. And we think that God didn't speak to us until we hit teenage years. And that's not true. Yeah. You know, and it has been, you know, just a culmination of things. And, and sometimes God interjecting supernaturally things into our lives that speak and confirm uh, what he has been kind of saying for a long time. I yeah. remember yep. for myself, I didn't yeah. want to go into ministry. I had no intentions of going into ministry and I felt God tugging on my heart and I kind of said, no, God, I don't. I want to go to university. I wanted to, to see if I could somehow make it to play college, you know, football or whatever in a, in a smaller. So I decided that's what I was going to do. Yeah. And then the following, as soon as I made that decision, the following day I was in a game and I dislocated my arm, like my elbow folded backwards. Oh, my goodness. Yikes. Right? And so so I went there and, and we had a big youth rally the, the next day with a number <laughs> of different churches. And and I'm in the washroom and the guy, the guy's asking me what happened to my arm. He was shaving. I'm thinking, this is weirdo. Shaving in the in the uh, in a youth rally a youth like rally, public bathroom, whatever. Room, whatever. Yes, <laughs> and he's all asking me all stuff. these all these questions. You know, as a nice guy, and I was you know with all my friends, so I'm sp- trying to be smart alecky and stuff. Yeah, got in the service. He was the speaker of the. Oh my! <laughs> he was the speaker, and and right near the end of the service, he says, "Hey, you broken arm." God spoke to my heart. Well, he was in there. He says, "God wants you to utilize you in full time ministry," and he God had been saying that to me. For a long time mm. but it was just god had to put me in a place where he was able to speak to me not only that there were three or four other people that he spoke to in the same role that were part of the same youth group that are in full-time ministry even to this day have been for 30 years wow and more that's crazy so yeah so that's that's kind of interesting how god will intervene in a number of different ways yeah. well and throughout life and i will say too just for myself for people because i know there are people probably sitting out there waiting or thinking like, when's my moment? When's God gonna like yeah. tell me what to do? Or, or and all these things. It took me a long time mm-hmm. to like really like respond even and be open to hearing what God was saying and telling me to do. Yeah. But God does things on God's time, and that's the way it is. Yeah. 
and we kind of just have to get used to it. And we just have to be willing. So for myself, when I was like a kid, like I was like five, six, I used to, my mom, people would ask me, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? Yeah. Oh, I want to be a minister. I want to be a pastor. I was like five, six. I didn't. And then it was so far out of my mind after that. Mm. And then I graduated college and I was ready to go be a social worker. I, and then it was a slow burn of like taking a year off and God just like slowly revealing each and every day something new that he had in store for me, something new that he that he wanted me to do. And then it was like one day at camp, it was just like, boom, ministry. That was That's where I was going. You know, and so it was like, don't feel discouraged if you're listening to this and you haven't exactly heard that like stunning moment yet. Or, or what if God doesn't? Exactly. What if what if God doesn't give you that aha moment? Yeah. Like, what do you what do you say to a person who doesn't feel a specific calling? What would your what would your advice be to a person like that? Yeah. No. Absolutely. I think oftentimes when uh, students are going through their discipleship training school and they're asking a lot of these questions, where they're like, "Lord, where are you calling me to? What is happening?" and they'll take some time and they'll be praying about it and they'll have multiple different options in front of themselves. And um, I think more and more, uh, I don't know, I think oftentimes we want that very clear thing and we'll sit in it for a while. And in some cases, like, I mean, you look at scripture where the Lord called certain individuals to do certain things, but they weren't called until they were 20, 30, 40, 50 years old. Yeah. Like, and that, that was the reality but they were being prepared for things. Yeah. Um, so like you look at the instance of Joseph, he was like, you see where he ended up, but the process that he went through to get there, he had no idea where he was going or what was happening or the grand scheme of things, but the Lord turned all of that and he utilized it. Um, and so I think oftentimes we have to be careful not to use that though as an excuse just to sit there and wait yeah. and just to yeah. sit there and, and not do anything yeah. because we're still called to go make disciples. We're still called to yeah. um, step up to the plate and to exemplify Christ and to love and to call people in. This is what I've said to a lot of people because as a pastor over the years, this has been a popular question. Yeah, I haven't felt anything. There hasn't been anything that God has specifically told me. And I've basically said to them, what you need to do is look for a need mm. and fill it. Yeah. At a simple, basic level, and then let God do everything else. All you, all you're responsible to do is to serve Him, yeah, in whatever capacity that He wants, and then God will fill in everything. You might find that all of a sudden you find yourself in the midst of something that you were called to, and you never ever knew it mm -hmm. until you're two or three years into it. Yeah, yeah. I, re <clears throat> I remember being in my last theology class, third or fourth year Bible college, and Dr. Andrew Gabriel. He was getting so. All of us, like, we're ready to, we're going to go do our internships, and all of us are so on the edge because we don't know what we're doing. And he gets, he gets up there, and he's teaching his class, and he just, he could tell there was so much tension in the room. And so he just was like, he stopped, and he's just like, y'all got to be stopped being such whiny babies and, like, and stop, like, sitting here wallowing in your own doubt about what your future holds. Go out and just do something. Mm -hmm. And if it's the wrong thing, God's going to be very quick to tell you it's wrong. Right. Yeah. And then he's like, just you have to get out and you have to do something. Yeah. You know? And so I just, that was, that has stuck with me ever since of just like exactly what both of you have said. Like, you just need to go out and, and, and do something. And guess what? Not all of us got it right the first time. 
No. Yeah. Right. We didn't. And we're still learning and we're still growing and our ministries are still evolving and our outreach styles and everything is still changing. So, yeah, yeah. no, it's uh, if you have something to say, go for it. I'm saying so we rudely interrupted in your yeah, story here, Christian. <laughs> no worries. No worries. So I was so just going like, to go and anal- like give an analogy go of for that it. And, and share because I think it's a very key thing. It's uh, it's like riding a bike, you know, hearing the voice of the Lord and, and stepping out and being obedient. If you're not moving that bike, you're not going to turn it. You're not going to go anywhere, and you won't know if you're off course or anything. You have to be moving in a direction. And obviously, if you go and you step out and you're going in the wrong direction, you're doing something, God is so kind and loving that he'll bring the correction and he'll bring us into alignment, and that will help. But if you're not even moving and going in a direction, how can he correct you and bring you? Like, And so it's like that's helped me making decisions because oftentimes I'd be just sitting there like, Lord, I won't move until you tell me something. And I know that... Some people go and they do that, and the Lord meets them, and and then yeah. they step out. But I think for myself, it's been, um, it often hasn't gone that way, yeah. and it's it's required a stepping out of just something, yeah. and and so I've gone and I've stepped out and been like, Lord, I'm going to be obedient just to the, the the mandate that you have for us of just going out and making yeah. disciples, and I have every desire to go, and I will go, and then through that, then the Lord has been like, okay. And he'll bring some correction if I'm off doing something a little wonky, a little weird. And he's like, okay, bring it back into this. Yeah. And then it helps. Good. It's almost, I, I've always referred to it as analysis paralysis. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Yeah. You're just, you're, you're too busy it. thinking it, everything. Yeah. <laughs> just go out and do yeah. it. Yeah. And allow, I like the bike illustration because yeah, you need I to get too. the momentum yeah. to go with that. No, it's, so. it's very true. Totally stealing that. Yeah, no, it's okay. I stole it from another. There we go. So don't worry. All a bunch of thieves here in the podcast. <laughs> I know you get you hear one good teaching on it, and you're like, "Oh, that's good. I like that." Yeah, I'm gonna absolutely. hold on to. I'm I don't want to steal pocket. it. I'm not gonna steal it, but I'm gonna farm it. Yeah. So there we go. No, absolutely. Um, so, go ahead. I was gonna say. So we know a little bit of like who you are. So like, yeah. What like what are you doing now? Like, what is the what? What is like, or you, I don't know, do you want to go to where or like one of the next? I can, I can jump into so many different things. Um, I'll just, I'll just keep talking for a while and I'll kind of make my way through the, <laughs> go for it. the, the W's. Um, yeah. So, uh, I, we had mentioned who before. And so I think obviously who I am, but then also who we're called to, and we're called to all peoples. We're called to go yes. and share the gospel with every individual that's out there. And so for myself, this current season of life that I am in, I am in the uh, Middle East. And so that looks like uh, sharing with a lot of uh, different backgrounds. Where I am, it's a very international area. Uh, and so there's quite a lot of people from many different backgrounds. And so that um, makes it very easy to go and talk to anybody and everybody and meet every nationality you can think of, depending on the region and the area you go to. Um, however, definitely a big focus on trying to meet with locals, meet with Arabs, um, just because of the heart that's there to see these individuals meet face to face with Jesus and to have that encounter. Um, and to rub shoulders with them, to see them um, just engage with him. They have such a zeal you see all the time. And uh, unfortunately, we see their zeal sometimes manifest in in terrible, terrible ways where there's uh, catastrophic things that happen. But it's like you see that and that love and that excitement they have for the Lord 
and it, you turn that, you you feel that, and you bring it to Jesus, their zeal is like nothing that you've ever seen before. And so it's it's really quite amazing, their love and their dedication and their excitement. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely something to bring these people in and to, to minister to, um, yeah, all, all people in the Middle East. Nice. So is it, a, I think it's more difficult for us to understand uh, firsthand anyways, the challenges of ministering cross-culturally. Mm -hmm. Is there, is there anything that you've observed now? You've been, <laughs> you've been in the, your places, you've been in a number of different places. Yeah. And the, your current place, you've been there for about a year, year and a half, I'm thinking. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, and so I would imagine that there are some challenges to the aspect of ministering to people from different cultures. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, there's definitely a lot of things to be aware of. Uh, I think people, unfortunately, people have a lot of preconceived notions about the West, uh, just in general, Canada and the U.S. So you go elsewhere in the world and they will then assume a lot of things about you. So you really have to be intentional with living above reproach uh, and living in a manner that is exemplifying Christ and walking that out. Um, I can remember times where I met with someone, uh, I met with a believer, he was an Indian fellow, and he was asking just questions about my life and whatnot, um, and he was just very intrigued that people were um, not living together that were in relationships with one another. He's like, I'm surprised that you as like a North American are not choosing to put yourself in that situation. He's like, I thought you'd just be living, like all of you would be living with anybody, even someone that you're potentially in relationship with or you're dating. He's like, I'm surprised you're not with that person. Like, so he had to overcome assumptions. And, and so there was assumptions right there. And I was like, no, no, not at all. Like there's still like, you know, there's biblical morals and standards and things that we, we hold to. And so he was very intrigued. And so even believers over there, they sometimes don't have a context or they have, yeah, assumptions. They have misunderstandings of things um, or even just lack of, of biblical foundation. So then it's to go in and we meet with them, we chat with them, we'll, we'll set up opportunities and, and disciple individuals and have conversation and open up questions that they may have. Sometimes they're totally keen and they're like, yeah, absolutely, let's talk further on it. Sometimes they're like, I don't want to meet with you anymore. I was hmm. content and happy in my right. little bubble and everything was fine until you came along. Now this, sorry, just this might be a silly question. Are you meeting with like all age groups too? Like, or is it like a specific demographic? Um, for the most part, it's adults. Um, I, I don't often walk up to children uh, just hanging out, doing their thing. Right. But that's also culturally children are often with their parents. Uh, you don't see, like sure. you'll see them kind of playing around outside maybe a little bit, but even then it is a bit odd, especially to see um, a Caucasian male walk up to a bunch right. of little Indian Pakistani children. Um, and so it can often, it sure. just, it, it, it just doesn't, yeah, it look, doesn't sell the best. Yeah. It, it's just a very interesting thing. Uh, and so oftentimes I'll still just approach and even culturally, there's still stuff of like, uh, I will mostly, I like 99% of the time I will only interact with men just because of like the cultural right. difference that's there. The, 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 difficulty of me approaching a woman it just communicates a lot of different things whether she's single whether she's married like and so it's very very tricky sometimes so especially when doing ministry related things 
I will often, I, I, I think I've only ever met with men. Um, and if there are like, obviously I'll chat with like women who are around or something. There was a gym that I was going to and there were girls who worked out at the gym and I'd say hello and whatnot. But I'm like, you just be friendly with everybody. Sure. Um, just because that is predominantly like one of the main ways that people will actually come to faith is either interacting with a believer or just knowing one yeah. and seeing how they they love one another. It's like they will know of you by your love for one another. And so it's and like it's so real. And so just rubbing shoulders and doing relationship and doing yeah. life with these people. It's, it's just interesting. I, 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 there's certain things that I assumed. If I'm going to another country, I have got to know the language. Mm-hmm. And I need to be a very good student of their culture yeah. and understand that. But I never really thought to comprehend that you need to wipe out preconceived ideas mm-hmm. of your culture. Oh, yeah. And if you don't do that, then then there will always be a, yeah. a, a problem. There's also preconceived notions that people have of their cultures and assumptions on them. I mean, I have friends of mine who have gone and they're like, there's prejudice in their own hearts towards certain people groups that we're ministering to. And it's like, Lord's got to do a work in your heart as well. If you have hesitation to talk to some people or you're like every run in I have with this demographic, it always ends up like this, or I'm always annoyed or I'm always very frustrated or it always goes this direction. And then they have a hard time with it. It's like, well, you need to need to seek the Lord on some stuff. You need to really lay it down because he loves everybody and every culture has beautiful expressions of their their love and their excitement to, to demonstrate and to to love the lord with um and so it's to go and and sanctify and and bring them into like a biblical understanding so that they can then uh, show and demonstrate their love and their worship to the lord through their own cultures because it's a a beautiful picture when you can have so many different ethnicities different backgrounds they're all worshiping the same god they're all worshiping the man jesus mm-hmm. but through their own expression and through their own uh, unique culture. lens on how they yeah, do things they're, exactly yeah excellent excellent so hmm. i find uh, i as uh, as you got talking i was beginning to ask so what happens in the instance as you are you know doing doing your work in in reaching different person and a person decides to from a different faith base decide to um to be a passionate follower of Jesus mm-hmm. and they have um they have to go back to their family mm-hmm. which has a full tradition over centuries of an, another faith base yeah um, i would imagine that there would be huge ramifications and there would be huge challenges to something like that yeah no absolutely um so I think first and foremost to understand that the area in which we work is quite tolerant of um, other religions and other beliefs. There are compounds that you're allowed to go and practice uh, your faith. You're allowed to practice Christianity. Um, and we go and we will share on different things of like, oh, yeah, there, there are churches there that will go and uh, advertise and say, this is for Christians. And it's okay because the government recognizes and they see it and they're like, yeah, it's okay. Absolutely. But the moment that you start to target specific demographics, uh, locals specifically, they will then uh, start to dislike that. And so it's to be very, very mindful of of that. Um, 
But when you do have an individual who has gone and you've been in the process of talking with them and chatting with them and they have, uh, it's, it's always a very big decision because of how relational they are and their family units are so important. Like it's first and foremost, like top of the hierarchy right there. Like it's, um, nothing takes precedent over that. It's a very big deal, especially if you're going to, um, change what you believe in your, your faith system and your belief system. Um, because with that process, it's also a matter of your then rejecting your family to some extent, even though they're like, oh, I still love my family so much, but then their family will go and will then reject them. And so um, because of how intense that is for people um, and, and for good reason, like I think it's one thing for us to be like, oh, I don't agree with my parents on stuff and I like have like a slightly different understanding of scripture or whatever than them. It's not a big deal here in the West. It's very common because of the individuality, but they don't necessarily have that over there. Um, and so they really, really have to count the cost. Uh, we often go and we're like, yeah, no, I pray. I pray the sinner's prayer. Everything is fine. And then I'm good to go. Mm -hmm. And it's not a big deal. We don't count the cost. And I was just like, oh, I guess I need to stop like doing a couple of things or, and we, and we look at like the behavioral modification of it and, and there's that, but these people are like, oh yeah, no, I am about to like completely shift everything because their identity is so rooted in their family as well. Um, and so it's, it's a very big decision. And it's not something that they take lightly, but then also then as someone who was born into it or sees people take it very lightly and then you go into that context, it's like people are torn up and people like they need the discipleship. They need community and they need people around them to like help pull them through because sometimes they're like absolutely on it and they're in it. But I'm like, there are people who are definitely struggling and they're really having a hard time because of just the the family dynamic because of culture because of tradition because of a lot of different things and so often by them changing what they believe it will it, it is essentially them forfeiting like relationship with their family it's them forfeiting um connection and and favor that they have there it's it's probably and it's probably more like the biblical um essence that we see in scripture where Jesus says, listen, you know, if you're going to serve me, you have to give up. Yeah. Absolutely everything. And I yeah. think I think it's so strange that we we don't see that in our, our culture now, but it still applies to us. Yeah, no. <laughs> the, the aspect of like carrying your cross and and taking it up and walking yeah. along with Jesus. Uh, I think we often look at it here and we're like, oh yeah, I'll carry my cross by I don't know, doing some very superficial thing hoping to exemplify, but then people on the other side of the world, they're going and for them counting the crosses or carrying their cross looks potentially like them forfeiting their life right. just as a whole. And, and so we don't often see it in that light. And so it's very intense. And even, um, myself, I remember when I first went all the way over there and I, I remember having thoughts and like worries of like, am I, willing to count the cost. Like I have already chosen to go here, but having thoughts of like, what am I willing to go through? Mm -hmm. To what extent am I willing to feel this? To what extent, 
Like say something happened yeah. and I ended up in, in a terrible, terrible spot and I was isolated. I was taken in, whatever. I was in some other further nation that was just very intense and, and my life was really on the line. I'm like, what would I be willing to go through? Because I see these people and they're making these decisions and they're in it and I'm not in it. And I, it's easy for me to go and say, of course, it's easy. You go ahead and do it. I'm yes. like, no, no, no. But then I go and I look at my own life and I'm like, what would I be willing to go through? And like you hear about like different things that have happened to individuals in, in, in prisons and whatnot. And it's like, am I willing to go through that? And I think there's grace for when those moments happen yeah. and when it's it's an opportunity to step into grace. But it's definitely something to count and to consider when you're in hmm. those positions. It's an important thing to consider when we're talking about um, the call. That's what we're, yeah. that's kind of the aspect. Yeah. I wonder if in some respects the call develops in us in that, you know, the, the further you go in your, in your walk with God, the, the challenges become more and more, um, I don't, I don't know if I would say difficult, but, but as God develops and as God is developing you in the calling that you are, are there, is there, is there newer faces, you know, is there, I've always heard the expression, new level, new devil type mm -hmm. of thing. Are there, are there challenges that are challenges that come uh, uniquely uh, as you continue to walk in your in the calling that you have? Um, I there are none that come to mind uh, currently. I th I think absolutely there are. I think there mm -hmm. are new challenges and new things that come up uh, as they present themselves. I think there's a lot of stuff that you just don't see or you just don't think about. I, f I find yeah. as I go along and, and as God develops me, it becomes harder because as I surrender things, mm. all of a sudden I get to the things in my life that I don't want to really surrender or that yeah. are so deeply wedged in my life yeah. that, that it becomes more difficult because God says, now I require this of you. Yeah. And as we begin to minister in the deep end, mm. so to speak, yeah. that it comes to a point where there is a cost that comes to that. Yeah. There's a cost that comes to us where he says, no, I require all those things, even those smaller things, that anger problem, those, those secret things in our lives that, uh, that have kind of held us back, the, the, the altars that are in the high places that are hard to reach and for us to let go. You know, I think that there's a, there's a challenge uh, as we get developed in our faith. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I guess I have another question for, for you. And I guess for everybody too, the call is challenging. Yeah. Like, I mean, we just discussed that, but what do you do? Like, what do you do when the call is like, you're wrestling with the idea of like, how far are you actually willing to go to like, are you willing to go to prison or are you willing to do this? Are we willing to give up that? Hmm. How do you handle that? I mean, like seriously, I mean, especially in a situation like yours where, you are these people's lifeline, like especially somebody who's making that like big plunge and leaving their family. That's like a lot of weight to carry, right? Like in pastoral ministry, we get that a lot of people dump on you and then you don't, you know, you kind of relieve it. And I'm sure there's some similarities there, but like, how do you handle that? Like, how do you handle the call? Like, how do you actually like take that mantle of responsibility and manage it? Yeah. Um, I think first and foremost, the thing that, will always bring it back into perspective 
uh, is eternity. <laughs> I, I remember, I, I think of that and I'm like, oh yeah, I'll start would like to worry and be concerned. And, f- and, and like, I've definitely had moments where I've like, not, not that I've actually been in genuine, like insecurity or, or danger of things happening. Um, but in moments where I'll like get in my head and kind of think about it and I'm like, oh Lord, like how, how do I do this? And it's just a matter of like submitting that and be like, do you trust me? Like, do you trust me to the point that like, if you find yourself in this situation to know that like, I'm with you in that, like, you're not alone, you're not completely by yourself. And to know that like, there is grace that is extended to you. And that as you walk through it, like you will have the ability to withstand these things. And so there's that. And I'm like, okay, great. Absolutely. But then on the other hand, there's the the thing of like, but also don't forget about eternity. It's like, that is, that is what all of this is like culminating towards essentially. Mm-hmm. Like, and I know my, my life and the ministry and the things that I do and the things that I help with, I'm like, absolutely. I, I go and I will invest and I will sow, but there's also this notion of, and I, I can't remember who said it, um, but like, Lord, if my life will bring more glory to you, then great. But if it's it, like, if I am to be killed for the gospel or be martyred for the gospel and that will bring you more glory, I would much rather have that because it's, and it, it's like a very weighty thing to think about and to say, and obviously I'm not expecting people to go and be like, <laughs> I'm here in just a small town and I'm over like just doing work and like thinking about those things. It's like in, in the area that I and myself or uh, myself and others are in, like those are, those are the things. And it's, it's not for our own glory. It's not for our own purpose or for our own dreams and things. It's not for a legacy of mine. It's, it's for him. Yeah. And it's, it's to the, there's a, a phrase from, uh, within YOM or maybe it's elsewhere. I don't know. Um, but it's essentially just to be nameless and faceless. That's really what it comes down to. It's like not our glory. It's, it's, it's all for him. And, and so to look at that and so just to encourage other people as well, even if they don't feel like they're doing all that much or they don't feel like they are um, like having a huge impact, like being obedient to just the things that you are doing at this moment and like doing it well, doing it with like the love of Christ, loving those around you, serving them, exemplifying Christ, um, being obedient in that way. I'm like, that is ideal. It's all for his glory. It's all for him. And like, we are his glory. So to to exemplify that. I think that, uh, I think missionaries, in general, have a stronger grasp on eternity. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I don't, I, well, the reason I'm thinking about that is because I'm actually preaching something like that on the Sundays. So. <laughs> come on, come on, yes, bring it. <laughs> I'm not going to bring it. But it's, here's, here's something that I have found as well, that uh, you all of a sudden make a sacrifice for ministry and someone approaches you and says, well, I would have never been able to do that. That would have been, I, I can't see myself ever doing that. And, and many times... I will say to an individual, yeah, you would. If God had actually asked you to do it, there probably would have been a conversation that was happening, yeah. you know, a number of years ago, and God had brought you to the point. You know, whenever there's been big sacrifices or anything, I've come to realize that God had been speaking to me yeah. a long time ago about it. And it's amazing what you will do 
when God is preparing your heart for something. You yeah. see someone else do something, and say, oh, I'd never do that. I think I find if people love Jesus, that that God brings them to the point where they do extremely powerful things. You and know? it's a process. So somebody like I couldn't jump in and be doing what Christian is doing right now because he's had a process and and, a, and an empowerment and a building up yeah. to like to like go out and do this. So like you know like if you're listening to this and you're like comparing yourself to somebody being like. You're comparing yourself to maybe Christian or somebody here being like, well, I could never do that. It's like, well, you have to realize that he's been doing this for like six years. Mm-hmm. Like he's been like we like we've been doing this for a long time. So like don't be so quick to compare your call to somebody else's either, too. Yeah. Like that's a that's like a we want to celebrate what you're doing. Yeah. We want to celebrate that. Yeah. But I don't we don't want to get it to the point where everyone says, Well, that'll I'll never be that. I've, I've always tried to break it down the easiest way that I possibly can when it comes to the calling or anything. Yeah. And it comes down to, to two things. You just love Jesus with all of your heart. Just give him everything. And usually what takes place when you love God with all of your heart, he ultimately puts in you a love for people. Yeah. And that's where you begin to start to serve. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you begin to take those steps, all of a sudden God just calls you to do special, unique things, things that you never, ever thought that you would yeah. do. So that's where it starts. Yeah. Uh, I'm not too sure exactly who might be listening. And you might be at that beginning stage and say, I'll never be there. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you might surprise yourself yeah. to find out what God will do and what will God will call you to. And it's not a spooky thing, really. Yeah. It is a, a natural thing that happens when we give our heart to Jesus. I yeah. Mean, Moses didn't want to public speak. He hated it. He stuttered, right? Yeah. But he, he got there in the end. It was a long, drawn-out process. But yeah. when you talk about Joseph, there's um, hundreds of stories in the Bible of people who like, no, nope, I don't want to do that. I can never do that. And But slowly but surely, God empowers them, builds them up. They grow. They get better. Yeah. All these things. And, and and then here we are talking about them. Yeah. So it's like... Yeah, it's true. Exactly. I, I was going to... Go ahead. Take uh, your point. I'm trying to remember what my point was. Okay, now. well, what, what we're, I want to say is I, I don't want to be taking away as we're, our time is kind of ebbing away so, slowly. You know, is there any last words, anything, uh, words of wisdom or anything that, you know, as you as you came, I always, every guest I have, I says, hey, if there's something that really God has put on your heart, you know, make sure you, you get that out before the end of the podcast. Is there anything that... that How much time do I got? <laughs> just well, keep going. Just it's go. all right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I think there's a, a couple of things. Um, first of all, I remember what I wanted to say. I was chatting with a friend of mine a couple of days ago, uh, and he, we were just talking about like the call essentially of just like going and doing things. And he was kind of wrestling through like, oh Lord, what are you calling me to do right now? And figuring that out. And I'm like, oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. Like I'm praying with you in this. And um, he expressed this thing of, um, I I want to be, obedient to what the Lord has called of me. And, and, and that's really the, the biggest thing. He referenced the, the talents, the parable of the talents and the things that are given to us to steward. And I think you can go and be like, my call is less grandiose than someone else. I, I don't even like using that terminology because each call is unique and serves a purpose and each of them carry uh, eternal weight and perspective. Like it, it's very important. Each individual's like specific thing. Um, but 
you are entirely responsible for stewarding the call of God on your life. You are the one to, to go and walk that out. And so someone going and stewarding their call to, I don't know, go overseas is going to look different from someone whose call is to stay and go into the business sphere and to invest in that way and make disciples and, and do house churches or whatever in North America. But it's like they may think, oh, my call is less grandiose because I'm not going far away. I'm not putting myself in these situations. It's like, not at all. You can't even compare it. You can't compare something like that because you are being obedient. And so long as you're being obedient, you are operating like in the will of the Father. You're operating and doing that well. Because um, I'm like, you can also have people who then go and do these giant in quotations, grandiose things, but they're not actually being obedient. The Lord called them to do something else. And it's like, just because someone is doing something and it seems big and crazy, mm-hmm. it's it's stewarding the call the Lord has on our lives. And so I just encourage people to um, press in and to go after it of just be obedient with what the Lord calls you to. Um, and if you're unsure of what that looks like, um, it is always great just to start moving in a direction um, and trust that the Lord is going to guide you. He is going to uh, bring perspective. He is going to open doors. He will close doors. Um, I, I, th- I often think of that expression where people say, oh, if God closes a door, he opens a window. I, To me, that communicates you're still trying to force something to happen, yeah. so you need to be careful of that. You know, you don't want to force something that is actually having a lot of resistance or there's actually just difficulty with it. And there's often favor where you're stepping in and the Lord um, wants you to go and walk in that direction. Um, I think not everybody is is called to go overseas. Not everybody is called into a life of ministry. We have... um, a specific thing. I don't know how familiar you guys are with it, um, but there are seven spheres of society that we'll often talk about within why, uh, also known as like the seven mountains. And it's all throughout scripture. They reference kind of indirectly these different things of people bringing influence to certain areas. One of them is family, economics, government, religion, education, communication, and celebration. So each one of those um, are basically make up societies and, and what their pillars are. Those are seven pillars that they're built upon. Um, and so going into ministry looks like going into that religious sphere, looks into going into that, but there's still six other ones that people are called into. And whether you feel the Lord is calling you into going into one of those things specifically, by all means, jump in, um, go for it maybe you're wanting something more specific of like, what do I do within that? And then that's where it can be more like, Lord, what is the mandate you have over my life? You want me to step into economy. You want me to get involved with business. You want me to get involved with starting a business, what kind of business? And then I think then the Lord will place kind of desires on our hearts that we can, we can step into. And as that develops, then we'll, we'll kind of see as he opens doors and, um, sure closes closes things and and directs our paths guides us speaks to us and we just have to be uh obedient and follow along closely and, and many times those will will follow in our 
desires anyways. Yeah. The yeah. things that we like, the hobbies, the all the things that God's oh, yeah. kind of joys and things. Took the words right out of my Consolations mouth. and desolations that uh, that we have as individuals. Yeah. And just to remember that through all of that, it all comes down to fulfilling the great commission of making disciples yeah. and and baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and bringing them into the knowledge of the the just who Christ is and the mystery of us being grafted in and brought in and adoptions as son, sons and daughters. And it's, it's just a beautiful thing. So last word. So what are you going to tell? There's, there's someone who's listening and they're really interested in, in trying to follow the will of God and, and are trying to figure this calling thing out. Like what would be your one, your one last bit of advice, real, a real quick word of advice to them. So, my last word of advice is we get so busy talking, we forget to listen. Mm. So I have I was a youth pastor for a while, and so many youth would be like, Pastor Logan, I can never hear God speak to me. I can never hear God speak to me. So I was like, well, when was the last time you actually sat and listened? Mm. And they're like, what? you know, and they just, they're like, what, you have, you have to do that? And I was like, well, yeah, that's kind of how communication works. Yeah. So if you're in that in that stage of maybe like you're trying to you're on the bike and you're picking a direction and you know and you're just praying and praying and praying and you're not taking any time to like sit in silence and to like reflect on what's going on then you should start doing that yeah because silence is a spiritual discipline that i we don't practice enough yeah and it's really good and helps you discern so what's going on take time to listen take time to listen yeah any last word what advice did you give i would say it's much easier to move a bike when you're already moving and you're going in a direction. So get on the bike, step start going out. forward. Yeah. Yeah. Get that bike moving, going in a direction, even if it's slow, little baby steps. If you just sit there and you're waiting for something to happen, uh, as you said, the analysis paralysis, yeah. you have to, you big. have to watch out yeah. for that. And so to step out and trust that the Lord will guide you. I think, I think mine would be, just love Jesus with all of your heart and be real. And I think God begins to take care of the rest. Yeah. I think sometimes it's, it's not a rocket science thing, you know. So so there you have it. Hopefully you have uh, learned something today. Maybe you have gotten a whole bunch of questions now. <laughs> Maybe you've made it more difficult. What about this? What about that? If that's the case, we actually have an email uh, that you can send your questions to. And, Logan, it is? Forgiven at BethelBrandon.ca. So, hey, thanks for joining us. Christian, thanks of so course. much. Thank we you. only have so much time with you. We, we value every <laughs> second that we have with you. Yeah. And we're trusting and praying that God uh, fulfills everything that he desires through you in the area that you're in ministry. And uh, we just want to thank everyone for joining us. And just, uh, Before we do that, yeah. what is the best way for people if they want to support oh, you, yes. if they want to pray for you, if they want to... Like, is there, do you have like a newsletter? Like, is there any way that listeners oh. could stay, like, if yeah. follow you? Yeah, um, just for simplicity's sake, um, instead of giving my email out and yeah. just kind of letting people, because even then I send out stuff um, mm -hmm. and I do it from kind of a secure method, um, it would probably be best for them to either reach out to you guys and just okay. say, hey, I'd like to get his email and then... Whoever that is, you guys can just pass on the email to me, and then okay. I can add it to my list of individuals, and I'll shoot them a message. I'll, um, 
And if yeah. anyone wants to support him financially, you also can contact the church and just make, make a note that it's for Christian Miller. Yeah. And we will make sure that uh, that he gets that as well. Mm-hmm. So awesome. And always just be praying for him. Yes. yes. Always, always. <laughs> prayer prayer above all else. I'm sure. like, I'm prayer for wisdom, for discernment, for, uh, yeah, just genuine revelation and, and love just for everything. Always. Excellent. Great. Thanks for catching that, uh, Logan. Appreciate that. So uh, that's it for our podcast. And uh, I'm trusting that it has been beneficial to you. And hey, let's keep the conversation going. And uh, we want to try and be as authentic in being able to help you as much as we can. So have a great day and God bless. God bless. Thanks for listening to Forgiven. Please make sure to like, comment, and share this podcast around so that others too can be inspired and empowered. If you want to get connected with us, please email forgiven at bethelbrandon.ca. Thank you for listening. We'll see you in the next episode.